Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets the gift of betrayal. You are currently listening to the gift series. For those who haven't already, feel free to listen to parts one through seven. This series primarily covers the importance of appreciating all the gifts God grants us, even when those gifts don't look like gifts at all. So let me go ahead and target in on the motivational aim, the gift of betrayal. So what does it mean to betray someone? Some of you all know this from firsthand experience. Somebody either betrayed you or you betrayed someone. But one definition of betrayal is to deliver or expose to an enemy. To be unfaithful is another definition. Another one is to exhibit disloyalty, to reveal something or disclose something in violation of confidence. And oftentimes, when someone betrays someone with intention, they know exactly what they are doing, they know why they are doing what they're doing, and they have hopes for a particular outcome. Now, for those who've experienced betrayal on either side of the spectrum, and what I mean by that is you were the one betrayed or you were the one committing the betrayal. When someone is betrayed, and this happens sometimes for the person who betrays someone, but when a person is betrayed, they're hurt, they're upset, they're in all kinds of disarray, but... There is a blessing and a gift in the betrayal. I'm not saying that betrayal feels good. I'm not saying to wait around and twiddle your thumbs and rock back and forth waiting for the gift of betrayal. Now, what I'm saying is when a person betrays you, it doesn't look like a gift at first, but there's a gift in that. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to look good. It's not going to appear to be a good situation whatsoever. But God knows what they did to you. And whatever someone did to you, they will have to deal with God. They have to deal with God. Just that's how it goes because God will vindicate you. But even in that betrayal... God knows how to reveal some things to you that serve as beneficial gifts. Betrayal doesn't look like a gift, but there are a lot of lesson-filled seeds in betrayal that can bless us if we ask God for discernment and wisdom on what he wants us to learn and apply to what we experienced There are a lot of examples of betrayal in the Bible. I'm pretty sure you can think of some off the top of your head. I mean, you have Judas betraying Jesus, the people betraying Daniel, Delilah betraying Samson, Samson's first wife betraying him, the people betraying the three Hebrew boys, I mean, Satan is the ultimate betrayer. Miriam betrayed Moses. Korah 
Dathan and Abiram betrayed Moses. Jacob betrayed Esau. Joseph's brothers betrayed him. I mean, there's so many instances where people betrayed someone and someone was betrayed. But I want to share eight gifts that we can find in the midst of betrayal. As I mentioned earlier, betrayal is not good. It is not fun. It hurts. It does not feel good. It's just plain disgusting at times. Most of the time. All of the time. But there are some lessons and some blessings that we are left with when one betrays us. Okay? Number one, betrayal serves as a gift because it exposes who the betrayer really is. And the example here is, let's say you're going through a situation. Everything seems jumbled up. You have a lot of information, but it's convoluted. And you have to decipher who is who. Now, you heard what that person said, what those people did, how those people came together, how you were negatively targeted. You hear a lot of he say, she say, and they say. Uh, they said, but when you look at it and you receive what God said and you take your time to think, you can clearly see who the real betrayer is. God knows how to reveal the truth to you. And when he reveals the truth, you can just start eliminating who did what, who said what, where it's narrowed down to the betrayer. And then God grants you understanding on the motive behind the betrayal, the intent of the betrayer. And then God will let you see actions made by the betrayer and why you were a target to them. Sometimes, for those who don't know, when somebody betrays another person, it's the very person who was feeding them all of this information. They were in your camp. They were around you. They were the ones, oh, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. I can't believe you're going through that. Oh, my gosh, you're so strong. Oh, my God, God is going to really bring you through. Oh, I just hate that you're going through that. It just, it make me sad. I mean, I, it brings me to tears. That's why I'm over here crying because... You my friend. I can't believe like you going through that. They're the ones betraying you. They're the ones sending you motivational text messages. You gonna get through this girl. Man, you got this. God's got your back. They're the ones sending you emails. They're the ones who are calling and checking on you a little too much just a little too much you know why they're doing that just to see if you're on to them that's what they're doing they're sending you these emails they'll even go to church with you they'll go to church with you as they're betraying you before during and after the betrayal you want to go to church yeah let's go I just really want to hear a powerful message from God. 
And then they'll even take you to brunch or lunch after church. Talking about how powerful the message was. I mean, I just really want to take you out because I know you've been going through a lot. I just want to help you out, you know, and just give you a breather. Just give you just a positive distraction. And then they tell you everything they learned at church, how powerful the prayer was. And they'll tell you how the praise and worship segment was just so invigorating and just so refreshing to their soul. And then they'll let you know, hey, I mean, I just want to tell you, as I was listening to the man of God or the woman of God preach, I thought about you. I feel like that message is for you and what you're going through. And I just felt led to tell you that God's got you. I mean, whoever that is causing problems, the Lord will vindicate you. Believe that. Best believe that. But yeah, I mean, what if God has you going through this betrayal from whoever this is? Because I know God's going to reveal it to you. But whoever this is who's betraying you and bringing you through all of this turmoil and distress, maybe this is something you have to go through because you need to learn something. The very one who did all of that, they're the ones who are betraying you or they betrayed you. They're the ones in a whole relationship with your significant other. And after they leave brunch with you, They're going to anoint them. They're going to go lay hands on your significant other. Yes, they do. You find out the person who betrayed you was the very one up with you and spending all this time with you trying to track down who did it. They have their legal pads out, pencils, pens, and highlighters, and fake glasses, writing stuff down, trying to pinpoint who did what and why and then yelling passionately about how they're gonna go off on these people who disrespected their friend can't believe they disrespected my love can't believe they disrespected you you my family talking bad about you i can't have it i love you so much then you find out they're the ones betraying you see After you go through that maze of trying to grasp what happened to you and why, and then you start weeding people out with the help of the Holy Spirit and God's gift of discernment to you and wisdom, who you thought was the culprit, you discover, oh, they're not even a part of what's going on here. And then you find out it was the person who inserted themselves in your life. Or let's say they didn't insert themselves in your life. They just seem so sweet, so innocent, so loving, so caring, so so concerned, so forthcoming, just giving me information I didn't even ask for. That's how forthcoming they were. And they were the betrayers. (laughs) I know y'all can relate. That betrayal hurt, but what happened served as a gift because it exposed who the real 
problem was it isolated them. There was a gift of insight to be able to properly target in on who was for you and who was against you. For those who are familiar with the story of Samson and Delilah, when Delilah made it appear that she was just so enthralled with Samson, she was playing on his love for her, and this woman didn't love him. Her actions proved she did not love him. He was caught up in her beauty. He was caught up in what he wanted. He loved her. She did not love that man. And time and time again, she would tell Samson, the people of the town, they want to betray you. Look out for those betrayers, Samson. Look out for them, Samson. But when everything went down and the betrayal ran its course, guess what Samson discovered? The real betrayer was Delilah. That's why you have to be mindful and alert on who you are allowing to put you to sleep. Or let's jump to the story of Judas and Jesus. Jesus knew Judas would betray him. He called it out. Well before it happened. But the gift of betrayal was for the disciples and us. It was for us to see that anybody could be used by Satan. When that person allows themselves to be used. I mean, the person who could betray you could be the very person at church with you. They could be the very one going to pass out blankets with you to the homeless. They could be there with you frying up fish sandwiches, passing them out to those in need. They could be the director for the community event where people are passing out back-to-school supplies. They could be at the car wash, helping you wash cars for a good cause. They could be the very one gifting children and seniors in need of haircuts and hairstyles. They could be the very ones playing that inspirational music loud. They could be the very ones picking up pizza, hot dogs, doing barbecues for those in need, cleaning people's homes, praying for people, picking up the elderly from their house to bring them from point A to point B. They could be the very people doing all of that. Praying, leading the choir, teaching a Sunday school class. And that person can be full of pride. They have a hard heart and they care nothing, nothing about Jesus. (laughs) Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know it. You've seen it. You've experienced it. Where somebody's doing all of that volunteering at church, teaching Sunday school, because Sunday school in the Bible is just a trivia game for them. It's all about what they know, and when they know something someone else doesn't know, people look at them, oh, you you sure know the Bible. You know your Bible. Yeah, yeah, I know. I read all the time. And they don't do what God says to do at all, any of the time. 
ooh, let me stay on target. But they're just doing for show. They're hanging around other disciples. But in due time, that betrayer will be isolated and exposed just like Judas. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You've seen it in your life. You've seen it with your relatives, on the job, in the community, with so-called friends, so-called relationships. You've seen it at school. You've seen it. You've experienced it. And for those who have not experienced it face-to-face, I mean, it happens. You see it on the news. There are several documentaries about this. I mean, you can just turn on Investigation Discovery, that channel. I mean, it's on the news. Lifetime depicts it all the time. I mean, it's there. Any type of TV drama, any movie is there. Any book with some kind of romance drama. (laughs) Somebody betrayed somebody. I mean, the children see it in the little cartoons. It's everywhere. You see it. Folks betray folks left and right. The person who made it look like they were a sheep. They were sneezing like a sheep, squinting their eyes like a sheep, walking like a sheep, making all those sheep noises. But in due time, They were exposed. They were exposed as the wolf they've always been. They were the real betrayer. And when somebody betrays you, it's a gift where you can see who that person really is. They are not a sheep. They are a wolf. The betrayal exposed that. They are not sweet. They are evil. The betrayal exposed that. They don't have your best interest in mind. They try to steal, kill, and destroy you. That was their interest in their mind. The betrayal exposed that. The betrayal serves as the fruit they produce. Number two. Betrayal serves as a gift because it exposes any areas in life you can improve on. And what I mean by that is when you go through a betrayal, you can see some things that you could have fixed, some things you could have avoided, some things you didn't have to share with people, some areas where you can take accountability. Although you couldn't stop someone from acting in betrayal, you could have stopped some things you were responsible for. And that's what I mean. And if we go back to the reference with Samson and Delilah, and you know the story, after Samson went through that, what if he realized, you know what, I know what to do next time. I know I don't need to disclose some things to people next time just because I love them. It doesn't mean that they love me. I need to seek God first before I lay up with certain people and have people put me to sleep because everybody putting me to sleep doesn't love me. 
I need to embrace the gifts God gives me. Let's jump to the disciples. The disciples were in the company of Jesus and Judas. What if there was a disciple who was thinking, well, if everyone is with Jesus, then everybody is fine. But when they witnessed or they heard about how Judas betrayed Jesus, they could have thought or they had a revelation. Oh, my goodness. He could have sold me out. Well, in reality, Judas sold them all out, to be honest. But that was a lesson. It was a gift. And for anybody who has a brain, it only takes one time. One time. When a person betrays you. Where you think, you know what? I have to watch out for everyone. I have to look out for myself. I have to be alert. I need wisdom and discernment. I need insight, understanding, and revelation. I have to test the Spirit by the Spirit. I can't overlook things God shows me. I can't bury the gift of discernment when something uncomfortable comes my way. I have to check that out. I have to examine it. I have to test it. When I see so-called sheep walking like a wolf and scratching like a wolf and they're breathing like a wolf, that's not asthma. That is a wolf. The Lord lets you see it. And if the Lord allowed you to see it, you need to act on it quickly. Sometimes when we go through betrayal and we do some self-reflecting, we see the areas and the signs that we let slide. We gave someone the benefit of the doubt. God shows you the sign. He shows you the fruit of what that person is producing. And instead of looking at the fruit and testing the fruit, a person just overlooks it and says things like, I mean, they're going through a hard time. They did say they had all these problems. And I mean, I do see that they get an attitude every time I bring a problem or a concern of mine to them and they yell at me, but they're just going through something. I mean, it can't be that bad. I know they're inconsistent, but I mean, they did say they were having a bad day. See, let somebody go through betrayal and whatever they overlooked in the past, they're not overlooking in the future. They're not doing it, especially if they're asking God for wisdom and discernment. They're using every sign God gives them to make decisions. They're not dismissing what people say. They're not dismissing what people consistently produce. They're not dismissing the fruit the wolf produces, which is sour, spoiled, and diseased. When they go through the revelation of the betrayal, they think back and they say, you know what, I let a lot of things go. It was my fault. I mean, what they did to me was not my fault. But there are some things I could have avoided. I overlooked what God told me. I overlooked what God said. I shared too much. I let the wolf in my home, and I saw something was up with that wolf. I saw it. I had a feeling that I dismissed. I was not on guard. 
I traded in the truth of God's word for lies. Just because I didn't want to believe that a wolf was betraying me. I allowed the flattery to distract me. I allowed what I wanted to hear distract me. I wanted to be praised. I wanted to be liked. I did not take full accountability for my part in this. Yes, what they did was wrong. But for the things I could control, I didn't do my part. See, that right there is a gift. The fact that someone can look at what they were responsible for and accountable for and they didn't go to God, it's a gift that they recognize that. And now they can go to God in prayer and ask him to help them and restore them. Point number three, betrayal serves as a gift because it allows you to see the truth in the matter. You're able to see who was involved and how things happened. And this ties into my first two points. It's not until you experience the betrayal where you can see the truth. You'll see whatever you were confused about is cleared up. People were not telling you things. They were omitting information. You understand, okay, that's what they were omitting. That's what they refused to tell me. That's why they did what they did. You can see the motive, the intent, the planning, and the execution of the betrayal and the parties involved. And this all happens as God guides you through it and he gifts you with the gift of wisdom, discernment, understanding, and revelation. And when you gain a clear understanding on what God shows you, you will not play with the betrayer or their raggedy friends, associates, family, or whoever is connected with them again. If anything, you will play them while they think they are playing you. Point number four, betrayal serves as a gift because it redirects your focus back onto God. You depend and you lean on God like never before. You lean on him before, during, and after the betrayal. And what I mean by this is when you go through something difficult and a betrayal is included, you can't lean on the person who betrayed you for comfort. Sometimes you can't even lean on your friends and family. It doesn't mean that they don't love you, but they might not understand what you're feeling. They don't understand the healing process. They don't understand the recovery process. Some people will rush your recovery because they are tired of hearing about what you're going through. Just snap out of it. Get over that. Oh my gosh. That happened just so one second ago. Get over it until it happens to them. Then they want all the time in the world to recoup. But when you go through betrayal and you focus your attention onto God, you understand that God is the only one who can feel any voids you're experiencing. He can fill a void. He can grant you with peace. He can grant you with joy, sleep, 
rest, and love. God can love you through that betrayal. And what if someone was running on full speed doing what they wanted to do and then they get caught up in some mess? Somebody does them wrong. And it's in the betrayal when the one betrayed clearly realizes that all they have is God. They can't do anything without him. They are nothing without him. God is all they have. And whatever they were turning to can't cover them the way God covers them. Whatever they were turning to can't love them the way God loves them. Only God can empower them and strengthen them. And that is a gift. It's a gift of redirection in the midst of pain, depression, and distress. Point number five. Betrayal serves as a gift because it strengthens you and allows you to learn the schemes and the tricks of the betrayer. And this one is key. You go through something with somebody who betrayed you. You will see another betrayer's tricks down the line. You'll see them one day. And you'll be so advanced where the person who's trying to betray you now can't grasp or understand how in the world do you know my tricks? How do you know my schemes? I mean, is there somebody in my camp going to you telling you what my plans for you are? How do you know how to navigate and avoid what I'm doing? See, you're able to do that because, of course, God is guiding you, but you've already gone through betrayal. You've already dealt with some things with the enemy. And the enemy and Satan, whoever Satan uses, they have no new tricks. See, God gifted you in discernment. And I don't care who betrayed you, who did it in the past and why. If someone is coming at you right now trying to betray you and you're walking with God and you're keeping in step with God, you will see right through them and their plan. I mean, they can give you flowers, candy, cards, kisses, flattery, hugs, checkups, check-ins, and checkouts. It doesn't mean anything because your experiences serve as a gift to identify who is genuine. And who is a full-blown witch, snake, wolf, or Satan's child? You'll see it because you'll be able to identify it by looking at the fruit. They are producing something. Sometimes they don't even understand or know they're producing the fruit of exposure. They don't know that. And they won't even have to say anything to you. And you'll know. And if we go to the story in scripture with the vineyard owner who had the fig tree, that fig tree didn't produce anything for three years. The vineyard owner didn't look at the tree and say, you know what? This tree is not producing fruit. So let me give it the benefit of the doubt. No, he didn't do that because that tree was in the perfect conditions to produce 
fruit. Somebody was tending to that tree. Someone was watching and watering that tree. Someone was protecting that tree. There was no reason for that tree to not produce what it was designed to produce. That tree betrayed that vineyard owner, and that vineyard owner had enough trees that possibly betrayed him too. There could have been some other trees in his life that were not producing God-honoring fruit in his life. So when he saw that tree that did not produce for three years, he cut it down. He said to cut it down. He wasn't playing with that tree. He already knew what betrayal looked like. The tree was trying to betray him, but he wasn't going for it. He was not going for it at all. And then let's go to the story with Jesus in the fig tree. That fig tree was betraying people who passed by it, making it look like it produced fruit. But the only thing that was there was leaves. And you know what Jesus did? He called the tree out and he cursed that tree. He let that tree know in a sense, yeah, you betray people. You tried to betray me. But guess what? You'll never betray anyone ever again. So die. Die, tree. Die. You see how the vineyard owner and Jesus had discernment? They were around situations and people who betrayed left and right. But they could see beyond what the tree or people wanted them to see. And that is a gift. That's the gift for us. When we are betrayed after that point, if we're walking in wisdom and discernment and obedience, we can clearly see and understand who is presenting us with leaves and dead sticks. No fruit. People might think, oh, give that betrayer a chance because of the leaves. But we can see, no, I'm not giving the betrayer anything. I know those types of trees. That's a betrayal tree. That tree has a lot of tricks and games. And I'm not wasting my time to play with a tree of betrayal. You can see it doesn't matter who the person is. When God grants you the gift of discernment and you've gone through betrayal, you're able to look at people's fruit. You're looking at what people are producing. And you can see, oh, that's some spoiled fruit right there. That's the fruit of betrayal right there. I know what that looks like. I know what that smells like. I know what that feels like. And I'm going to do what I need to do as God takes care of the rest. Point number six. Betrayal serves as a gift because it sometimes removes the people you need to leave alone so you can do what God told you to do. And I did touch on this in parts one, two, and three, but when someone betrays you, for anybody who has any sense, common sense, they aren't planning parties with the person who betrayed them. They're not hee-heeing and haw-hawing with them. They're done. The betrayer showed and exposed themselves as a wolf. 
Anybody who is familiar with the wolf, a snake, a witch, Satan's child, you're not trying to invite them in your home. You're not trying to invite them in your bed. You're not trying to cuddle with that. They showed you that they produced, or they produce, diseased fruit. I mean, it's not wise to consume fruit that is diseased. I mean, it, it makes no sense to get your blender, get some ice, get some water, and then get some diseased fruit, put it in there and just shake it up and blend it and drink it? No. You're not consuming diseased fruit. You're not trying to make a smoothie out of diseased fruit. You can't do anything with that. You're not making a fruit salad with diseased fruit. No. What are you doing with a snake, a wolf, a witch, Satan's child, diseased fruit? You're leaving that alone. <laughs> you are getting that away from you. You don't want that around you or in your life. You aren't creating access keys for them to come into your life. Why? Because they are what they are. And you are who you are. And that doesn't mix. It is like oil and water. It'll never mix. When you go through betrayal and you see people for who they are, it's no sense of trying to mix with them. They've already shown you who they are. They already show you what they produce. Diseased outcomes. Diseased environments. Diseased settings. Diseased conversations. Diseased motives, intent. Diseased outcomes. Um, what are we doing? When God grants you discernment and you detect what people are doing, and you go through it, and God guides you through this recovery process after being betrayed, you don't go back. You don't go back. You leave people alone, and you do what God told you to do. It's not time to get a legal pad and take somebody to lunch to get an understanding on why they betrayed you. No, it's the time to take yourself to lunch, take your legal pad with you, and start writing down what God told you to do, and then you do it. That's what the time is for. It's time to work on your goals, your dreams, your experiences, so you can produce God-honoring fruit. Point number seven. Betrayal serves as a gift because it could be the springboard for a promotion. And going back to the account with Judas and Jesus, Judas betrayed Jesus. Judas betrayed the disciples. Judas betrayed himself. And that is a point I want to make real quick. It's a point within a point. When people betray you, what they've done is betrayed themselves. And someone might ask, I mean, how? They look like they're living life. They look happy. 
They have a new family, a new spouse. They have a new car, a new home, degrees. They're going on trips. Yeah, all of that seems like a promotion. But when a person makes an intentional, conscious decision to betray God's anointed, God's child, they've betrayed themselves. They've betrayed the blessings God would have gave them. They've betrayed the gifts God would have gave them. The real blessed promotions that they would have had if they only did things God's way, they betrayed themselves in receiving that. That is why you must believe God's word despite what you see. God already knew what he was talking about when he said we need to walk by faith and not by sight. He said this before social media. He said it. Magazines, he said it before TV. There will be a lot of things you see that can be perceived as success, but it's not. It's a curse. The betrayer betrayed their own opportunities. They betrayed their own advancements, their blessings, and then they betrayed their reputation. The act of betrayal is a seed that they sowed in their own life. And in time, they will reap a harvest of the seeds of betrayal they planted all over in the lives of the people they betrayed and themselves. It's going to impact them, their family. They're going to see harvest from that betrayal spring up so fast where they can't even get to it fast enough to cover it up. It already sprouted. People see it. And they can't contain it. We reap what we sow more than we sow later than we sow. That is why I said when an individual betrays you, they betray themselves. They think they're hurting you. They think they're getting back at you. They think they're trying to make you jealous. And they're just hurting themselves. But back to Judas and the disciples. When Judas betrayed the disciples in Jesus, he unknowingly elevated somebody else in the ministry. When he betrayed the disciples and Jesus, to them at that time, it didn't look like a blessing. It didn't look like a gift. There were so many challenges they had to go through. They went through a lot from that betrayal. But another disciple was added to the number. Another disciple was promoted. The gospel of Jesus Christ was still shared. More people received the salvation of Jesus Christ after that betrayal. God knows how to promote people. God knows how to promote you in healthier relationships. He knows how to promote you in truth peace, and focus. And this can happen right after a betrayal. Point number eight. Betrayal serves as a gift because it can help you 
help others go through what you went through. And then you can help people avoid it from all of the lessons you learned from that betrayal. And I briefly touched on the point where a betrayal can help you avoid some things in the future, but it can also help you help other people. When you go through betrayal, don't ever think that someone is not watching how you go through it. There might be people watching you navigate through betrayal, hoping that you crumble and fumble. They're hoping that they can get you in a position or catch you in a position where they can laugh at you. And then there are others who might be secretly encouraging you, praying for you, and just asking God to guide you and help you through the betrayal. Going back to Judas and Jesus, there were some people who saw what Judas did, but they watched Jesus go through it, and that strengthened them. They didn't see Jesus go charge up Judas. They didn't see Jesus go fight Judas. They didn't see the disciples go beat up Judas. They were just watching to see what's going on. This person just betrayed these people. What are those followers of Jesus going to do? How are they going to handle this? Are they going to allow God to fight their battles? What are they going to do? And then let's jump to Daniel and the Bible. The situation when his betrayers had him thrown in the lion's den. There were some people watching how he went through that. And when they saw him come out on top, that changed their perspective on who they were following and what they were doing with their life. The way Daniel went through his betrayal could have helped somebody turn to God. Or let's jump to the three Hebrew boys when they were betrayed. They were thrown in a fiery furnace. Some people saw how they went through that. And they even saw, oh my goodness, they were betrayed. They were thrown in heated situations. But Jesus was right there walking with them in the fire the whole time. And that is encouragement for someone to keep pressing forward and keep pressing through. And a scripture I would like to leave you with is Romans the 8th chapter and the 28th verse. And it states, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Another scripture I want to share is Proverbs, the 21st chapter and the 30th verse. And it states, there is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. I wanted to share those scriptures with you to encourage you and remind you that betrayal is not comfortable. It feels horrible. And the recovery phase seems or it could seem worse than the initial act. But we have to believe the promises from God concerning us. We must declare God's word because God's word is a gift. And even in the betrayal, God is working it all together for your good. And even in the betrayal, while people are plotting on you, 
doing things behind your back. There is no wisdom, no insight, and no plan. And I would like to throw in, there's no betrayal that can succeed against the plans God has for your life. And that is a gift. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit drkenitrabryant.com to check out some resources and t-shirts I have available for you on the site. Feel free to share this podcast episode or series with someone you know. Peace and God bless.